going, everybody? Welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, a podcast by myself, Lauren Hutton, and my co-host... Luke Fagenbush. Yeah, there he is. We're doing the same thing that we do every other episode. We're bringing in performers. We're talking to them about their worst nightmares on stage. My phone is going off. This intro is ruined, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're going to keep trucking right along. Bombing. All things considered. Bombing is uh, their worst yeah, nightmare bombing. on stage. Uh, yeah. So if you guys don't know where th- what that is, that's just doing real bad. Like uh, we we bomb pretty hard during nope, this. No, no further explanation needed. You just do real bad. That's it. You do real bad. Yes. Who do we have today? I believe it was uh, it was Gabe Kia. Wasn't yes, it? One wasn't of it the my wonderful favorites. wacky half Canadian? Yeah. Oh, he's an he's a Cincinnati staple. You know, uh, the guy just released his album, Dumber Than a Fish. And if you've never been like in in a comedy circle, when one of your close friends releases an album, your entire Facebook feed turns. It's like their obituary. Yeah, like especially super a nice great things. album like he has, and especially someone as yes. loved as Gabe Kia is. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a Cincinnati treasure. Uh, and I don't think he's lived here that long. He's <laughs> not from here yeah, originally. He talked about uh, but coming he, up with Nikki Glazer who he dis- just did a show yeah. with. He came up with her in St. Louis. I guess he grew up in Canada because he's like a Canadian citizen. He's He's been all over, man. No, that's not the song. Yes, he has. I've been everywhere, man. That's the <laughs> reference that I was trying to make. Truth be told. I mean, we talk about all sorts of things like uh, merch and all the wonderful creative concepts that Gabe has run into with other comedians <laughs> doing merch out on the road. Not uh, all of them he good. Is, he's another person. No, not all of them good. But, I mean, what we learned, basically, is it doesn't matter. Just sell things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so they can tip you. <laughs> exactly. That's 100% it. Uh, he talks about bombing in a casino just so that we make sure that we stay on theme. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Gabe is a wonderful man. He's an incredibly nice person. And 98% of all of the Facebook things that everyone said during his album release week uh, they're all true. Like he's a great guy. He's he's a mentor. He's uh, he doesn't realize that he's a mentor, which I think is is really one of the things that you need to be a mentor. That's, right? Yeah, that's part of his charm. He's un- unwittingly exactly. the heart and soul of the comedy scene. <laughs> <laughs> and if he knew it, he'd be too cocky. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So thank you guys so much for listening. Stick around. Uh, how weird would it be if like 90% of our audience only listened to these intros <laughs> and didn't stick around? <laughs> I guarantee they're mashing that 30 seconds forward button right now. <laughs> Thanks to the two people who made it through that garbage pile. Here's Gabe Kia. <laughs> Perfect. I think. Are you on edge? Like, what's your what's your general tension level right now, Gabe? I'm I'm talking to all my family members. I'm doing really well. I'm I, I'm where a lot of people probably are. Oh like they're God. like families are getting like torn apart by, uh, and it can be that way. I mean, you can have different relationships with with your with your own mother and father, with your in laws, and uh, yeah. it can. The politics and basically the not even just politics, but like the general divisiveness right now, how polarized everything is, uh, can really play into uh, other 
parts of other relationships. And honestly, I'm doing pretty, I'm doing pretty good for, for how things are trying to work on myself though, you know, not, not really be telling other people how to live. I told my mom that, and she's like, your whole life is telling other people how to live. (laughs) All you do is shame people with your superiority complex. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You're right, mom. I see where you're going. I am pretty smart. I am pretty. You found a platform where you yell at strangers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But, Oh, so talk a little bit. I did shows this weekend at the Liberty Funny Bone. It was one of my, it was my first time back. Oh yeah. Nikki Glazer, right? Nikki Glazer. And, uh, we've, we've known each other since like, we both started at the same time in St. Louis. And I won't even say same time. It was around the same year we started doing comedy. And Nikki was in the car the first time I drove to Cincinnati. Basically, she was she was in at Go Bananas. She was opening for Doug Benson uh, at the club before I had ever even come to Cincinnati. So she's a big part of my origin story of how I ended up in Cincinnati, too. So, And sure, her career is just skyrocket after skyrocketed off like 10 years ago before this happened she was on last comic standing she was on the tonight show when like jay leno was on the tonight show so that was like years ago oh wow i mean she's on joe rogan she's on howard Stern. she's got her own netflix special she was just on the burt kreischer cabin netflix thing you know so she she pulled that pad right off of his butthole that was uh what a way to open a yeah, show. <laughs> I'm expecting company, but I'm sure I have time to pull this maneuver off before they come. <laughs> How is that for walking into Yo, Oh, this is what it's going to be. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> but it's also uh, sometimes that it's a weird dynamic when it's someone that like you've we, we, we've started at the same time. We, you know, and our careers are definitely take, taken in different paths. And uh, it's not anything... Mm. That, uh, it's not taking away anything from me or her or whatever. It's like we're 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 both still doing comedy, and we're kind of like, like we're talking about. We have so many stories of different people along the year, and it's kind yeah. of it's a survival game. Like to yeah, make it longer than ten sure. years is not a. Uh, there's not a lot of Dennis Pipers out there. You know what I mean? There's not right. a lot of people that can keep doing it and be good, be consistently funny, and be you know. Well, it's it's good that you have that relationship because I know if if like I had to open for Lauren in thirty years after he achieved major success, <laughs> I'd be so bitter. I I would just hate him secretly. It'd be like a veneer of kindness and appreciation, but once I was alone, I would just hate him. And, and it can be it can be like that with any anybody in this in this comedy thing because it it, it really everybody's got an ego and then everybody's got a way that they can check their ego and understand, you know, so uh, you're right. You're right. It is. Uh, sometimes you're like, yeah, rattling off the credits. And I'm like, but I opened for Chappelle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just slip your credits into her credits when you're bringing her on stage. <laughs> so, Nikki, I would have never gotten my album would have never been made now. Just released on uh, Sirius XM. If you guys want to check that out. D- Dumber than a fish. Go out and buy it. <laughs> We'll stay in and buy it, actually. Now that I think about it. It's the coke. That's where where comedy's headed. So, oh, and then, so I was saying that the shows were great, but I also, a lot of gaps in between doing comedy for me right now. Like, the the Mm -hmm. next show is, I don't, 
I don't know. I had one in St. Louis that was planned and it just, it's, it actually is not going to happen due to all sorts of different uh, COVID in, included, but other, other factors, including the election that uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to hold off on this November show. See, see what, yeah. what's going on. With this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see who wins and then maybe you'll be back. Like if, yeah. if Trump wins, it might be a different story. We'll go more blue collar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they bring in a totally different comedian. They're like, "Yeah, we can't do. You're too, you're too liberal, dude." Talk to us in four years, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so that Thursday might have been that could have been a possible bomb for me because I had all these. I haven't done comedy as much lately. You know, I'm not as warmed up. I'm not. It's not like I'm coming off yeah. something I just did last week or whatever. Because right. you're responsible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not doing these COVID open mics as much as I, uh, as much as some of the other people. But no, I COVID <laughs> open mics. <laughs> you know, the weekly spreader events where everyone tries out their new jokes. <laughs> you just, they just call them COVID mics now. It's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> It's a bringer show, but you bring COVID. Yeah. <laughs> you bring your your susceptible grandparents. <laughs> Which is so funny, like how many people with the bringer shows like survive by just like their family coming out and now their family's like, oh, no, yeah, no, I can't. I can't die for your dream. No. We were barely willing to come before. <laughs> I'm oh, really so sorry, funny. but now we have a very legitimate excuse. We don't have to make anything up anymore. <laughs> We're not going to be there. <laughs> We've never had a babysitter. Just now that we're talking about it. <laughs> uh, so you said Thursday was like a potential bomb? Why do you say that? Yeah. Oh, just because I'm nervous about Nikki, too. I want to do really well for Nikki. And then right, I don't yeah. want I don't, I, someone that knows my comedy well, knows my career, knows my jokes, so I can't pull out the, like, the, been doing this one for 10 years, and I'm, like, right. trying to do yeah. fresh COVID, all COVID jokes, and the crowd's like, yeah, that's not what we like either. Like, oh. we don't want to hear about it. Yeah, that's, I, I always write, like, COVID stuff, and I'm like, well, these people are out yeah. of their homes, so I don't know how much they want to hear about how dangerous it is. <laughs> We came here to forget. Yeah. Well, that can be true. I think that can be true about a lot of subjects that are just overdone on uh, online and you see them everywhere. And yeah. it's just right. And uh, obviously the president is in one of those. And so there was a guy Thursday night too, not in my set. And I did one Trump joke. It was like a throwaway line. And it, it's easily like move on to the next one and I don't have to dwell on it sort of thing. But then Nikki did something about Pence, and he literally stood up and was like, I, I trusted you. Or like, was what? Like, oh, don't you do that? It was starting yelling about like, political jokes. Like, oh, my God. You turned your back on me. He was saying stuff like that. Like, oh you God. let me down. Stuff Jeez. like, it was so emotional. And also, like, and you're not bringing it. Why aren't you bringing it? What it was that even <laughs> <laughs> It was so weird, but it also is like, it's it's kind of, that didn't happen anymore the rest of the weekend, and we didn't really change up our act to like, be like, yeah. oh, there's 
So where was the show at? Um, maybe you said it before, but oh, Liberty, Liberty Funny Bone. So oh, okay, it's Gun Country. That's what some guy. <laughs> yeah. One time he said, "This is Gun Country." So I'll always whenever I think of Liberty Funny Bone, I'll be like, "Wait, this is Gun Country, guys." Yeah, calm it down. <laughs> kind of implying he had guns in his truck out in the <laughs> township parking mall. It was a threat. He meant it as a threat. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Andrew Ludic was right there and saw it go down. And it was, uh, I was like, after he left, I'm like, I'm so glad you were here to witness this. Like, <laughs> this happens at shows. Like, people can come up to you and try and, like, make you feel threatened or make you feel like they have a gun and you shouldn't do those type of jokes. And it's like, I straight up told the guy, I was like, yeah, that's why I'm doing jokes about mass shootings yeah. i'm not going to like liberal little hipster north side and be like hey mass shooting no i'm coming to gun country <laughs> yeah right into the thick of it right bring the bit to the people that need it yes exactly <laughs> i totally was i said it like that like all condescending too <laughs> i'm like your pastor you know what church is right <laughs> Oh, so so that okay, so that wasn't Thursday. I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I couldn't even classify that as a bomb. But definitely rough start at the beginning, and nerves were getting the better of me and taking over my my process and my thought. And I'm a little bit more nervous, yeah, than I normally would be, because I'm uh, I'm around someone that I that I just know really well and knows me really well. And the same thing happened, I think, seven years ago when. Nikki brought me along to do a show in like Kaya, uh it was like Cuyahoga Falls, maybe. Oh, is that the funny stop? Funny stop. Definitely. I've been there. That's a cool spot. That's a tough, it can be a tough room. So it's just a different type of club. So when you go to, when you go to a new club or a new space, sometimes it's like they're used to the comedy that regularly gets booked at that club, you know? Right, so. Yeah. Yeah. So every club can kind of have their own, their own vibe or their own positives, negatives. It wasn't too many negatives there, but I think it was the same thing of me getting in my own head and being like, I'm trying to perform for Nikki instead of trying to perform for like the whole crowd or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That can easily end up in a bomb situation when you're like focused on pleasing one or two people instead of doing what's best for for your act or for yeah. what you know from what from your experience of what you've done in the past with this type of crowd likes this blah 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 right right, right. The, the the most recent bomb that come those are two like that were i'm like oh bomb i got one this weekend you know like, right right <laughs> i actually joked with uh i joked with luke i think i said oh i'm the bomb because i've never done it yeah. i'm sure ah. how many people have said that coming on to yeah this. And we're just like, no, we we sought you out specifically. <laughs> You're the king of bombs. Come on. We've heard. <laughs> Anytime anyone says anything about the podcast ever since we started doing it, I immediately cut them off. And I'm like, yeah, we'll be reaching out to you. We know. We know. <laughs> just wait. Your, your turn is coming. You're number one on our board. Like, <laughs> we want to build up to it. Yeah, we wanted to save the bomb master. For <laughs> save the bomb master for the end. Oh, man. Gabe, how so, long have... 17 years. That's when I changed my job. I made myself available. 
on weekends, and uh, so I can get booked twice twice a year now. No, um, <laughs> twice a month. I usually get like two two weeks a month, and yeah. I have a pretty good streak of going like that. But now it's literally uh, it's fur it's further and farther between. But that's all right. It's natural yeah. with, the, with the way things are going. But there's some guys out there that are hustling. They, they're yeah. getting booked. Like, Rudick's getting booked every weekend. It seems like. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> my thing is like, I I haven't seen that guy around for a while. He must be doing really well. <laughs> yeah, I was asking him. I was like, "Why aren't you doing any open mics?" And he's like, "Because I'm, because I'm scared that I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I'm gonna get getting paid for." And I'm like, "Oh, you're like, you're like, you just went. The pandemic turned you into Josh Sneed. You're like." <laughs> don't need open mics anymore you're just getting booked so much you just feel the need <laughs> the need for sneed <laughs> oh, i'm gonna move around a little bit just because uh i realize i need to get more exercise or... so this doesn't i don't die in the middle of the uh in the middle of this thing, so let me grab that. Hey, man, with with deep fake technology, like even if you cut out halfway through, like we'll finish the interview for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out yeah. funny things for you to say. We'll plug it in. We'll punch you up that's, just a little bit. It'll be fine. That's what. <laughs> that's what all. Don't trust the last twenty five minutes. It was deep fake. <laughs> part where I talk shit about Rudick. <laughs> It's still better than Ran running around a park. Yeah, I still can't believe he did that. <laughs> He's like, I gotta leave my apartment. There's an electrician here. And then he was just in nature. Yeah, a park where the Wi-Fi signal is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I could make that. Man. I could make that work. This I think my phone, I don't even need the Wi-Fi, but I do need power, is what my phone is telling me right now. Yeah, so just a touch. Yes, just yeah. a bit. Uh, Take care of that. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing too much, uh, too much fantasy, too much fantasy football. Oh, uh, you big fantasy guy? I I am. I'm a little too. I actually, that's one of the one of the jokes that I'm trying to do is uh, that I'm trying to do. That means it's not working too well. <laughs> <laughs> it's about going to therapy, but I go to therapy just to talk about fantasy football. Like I like everybody's so fed up with me talking about it in real life. I'd have to pay someone a hundred dollars about about fantasy football. And she's all trying to like, no, let's talk about what's going on in your life. I'm like, no, 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 no time for that. We got to talk about Julio Jones's hamstring. This is what's important in my life. Keep checking your phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God. I never like, understood actually, fantasy football like at all. Um, mainly because I was I was too much into like actual fantasy as a kid, so the terminology confused <laughs> me immediately. Like, oh, I, I wide receiver. I'm like, is is he a dragon? An orc? What is he? Yeah. How many how many wizards they, are on your team? They are kind of mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, you don't get a whole lot of overlap in the fantasy fantasy football. No, no. Oh man. I, I would love to meet a person that's super, super invested in their fantasy team and also their D&D &D campaign. That would be a very unique individual. And what I've found about uh, talking about <laughs> talking about fantasy football on stage is like talking about D&D. &D. There's like a little group. Of <laughs> right, they're like, yeah! And 
everybody else is like, no, no thanks. <laughs> Finally, they know we exist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. So, Gabe, I'm sure. So, I got another. I got another bomb to tell you about. This oh, bring them uh, on, baby. This is what we're here for. Yeah. So here's the. This is what I, this is a category of bomb, and you can probably have another guest on that could give you the same uh, Michigan casino bomb. That is my oh boy, oh yeah, multiple multiple bombs in the state of Michigan in casinos. <laughs> And you just kept going back for more. I just kept going back. I'll get them this thinking, time. I'll get them. This time will be different. They, they're going to want to be at a comedy show this time. No. No, they do not. So what's what's the setup? I've been to a casino like once and never seen a comedy show there. Is it just like a adjoining room? People move in and out? What? People move in and out. That's definitely a big part. Of it. Um, an adjoining room is usually right. It's usually like maybe uh, they have a space usually in casinos where bands will play. So it's cavernous. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice and echoey. People, yeah, not a lot of people there. And the people that are there are indifferent. And you, you get this. The, the one that I'm thinking of, the, the most recent was I think it was uh mount pleasant michigan and i can't even think of the casino name doesn't matter but it, yeah. the pay was great but the itinerary the directions of what you can and cannot talk about it was yeah. like it had to be pg not even pg 13 pg no swearing none like all they had specific they were like do not make eye contact with the wait staff what, what? i'm like <laughs> that's insane <laughs> You sexually harass our wait staff, you will we're coming after you. I was like, Holy what happened? Cow. But I just remember the itinerary frightened me so much that I was on stage bombing and I'm thinking about the itinerary while I'm bombing. And I'm like, usually any tricks to get me out of that might be like swearing a little bit, being a little bit dirty or yeah. looser. Yeah. Feel up the wait staff for laughs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going for these people. They're going to be picking up after the show with me. <laughs> all I remember was thinking about the itinerary and all these rules of what we cannot do. And I was like, you know what they didn't say we can't do? Bomb. <laughs> you are entitled to suck. You go right yes, ahead. You, you, you better, yeah, do not be funny. It's like... <laughs> be a big that would be a big obstacle for these people and then but oh and it was mostly about being clean and then i think i was featuring and i get off and the headliner does everything that you're not supposed to do he has sex with a waitress on stage as his closer. Like, he does all the stuff in the itinerary that they told me not to do and that guy crushed he totally destroyed I'm like, I like went to the, I went to the computer center. I printed it out. I'm holding it up. I'm like, you're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> no, he wasn't in big trouble at all. He probably, they'll probably bring him back sooner than they're going to bring me back. Right. <laughs> that was, that was a memorable uh, bomb. That was just, that was the a week after I recorded my album. So I recorded my album in January and I was coming off these, amazing shows at go bananas where everything was right. going my way they yeah. were all 
all my friends and family were all around me and uh, so much joy. And then I go and do this casino and I'm doing the same jokes, the same material, not as dirty, but, and it's just, it just, it doesn't work. And I'm thinking, man, comedy, welcome back to reality. Yeah. (laughs) Comedy is not always cushy, wonderful, and, you know, like, and I'm, I'm thankful that that, that wasn't on my, uh, that could have been my week at Go Bananas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have not shown up. I could feel, like, in, insecure about, I can't even draw as a headliner, let alone do an album, you know? Like, but, but that, that week was not, that was, a uh, even, uh, Kobe died. He, Kobe, not slowing, no, I'm joking. That's horrible. <laughs> but that was, that could have been a big, bad, you know, a bad show if the, 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 the night Kobe died. That's that's a crazy night. It, people remember. Oh wait, did Kobe die the night of one of your shows for the the morning, the Sunday morning of my week of my album release? Yeah, he did. Wow. And it was it was yeah, it was like definitely a don't want to talk about that subject today. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Oh, speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> And then I apologized for like a half hour after it. <laughs> <laughs> saying that was not, I wasn't trying to do a Kobe, a joke about Kobe. I just had a joke about Kobe. Oh, I'll do that tonight. When uh, in memoriam. And it wasn't, it wasn't. Nope. Good. They were not having that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So whenever we have people come onto the show, I, I feel like they have this moment where, like, you know, they, they ponder the premise uh, of what we're trying to capture here. And there's that one quintessential bomb that pops into their head. And it's usually something from, like, either a while ago or more recently or what have you. Have you already told the story that immediately popped into your head as, like, your quintessential, like, oh, yeah, when I think of my life and, and failures in my comedy world, that's the thing that immediately pops up. No, I think of Chris Seamer opening for Cat Williams. <laughs> I go to someone else's quintessential bomb. You're such a pro, yeah. such a friend. If you if you just keep that in your heart, you know you can't bomb that hard. <laughs> if it's worse than that, I'll quit comedy. <laughs> it's not going to be. <laughs> But in all, in all seriousness, it could be like the quintessential bomb for me might have been my first time going up in front of an all black crowd and not knowing or, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like a crowd that I've 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 done it before. I do yeah. it now and I can I know I can do it. I can be successful in that. Setting. We've had multiple Apollo like stories where people will go to like the kind of heckling show and just immediately get booed off stage. It's just a whole different feel. <laughs> mine, mine wasn't too bad, but it was just silence while I was on stage. And I was like, Oh man, this is weird. And then I got off stage and then the laughter started because the next person just made fun of me for like, the- <laughs> and it was, it was so funny for me too. I was like, "They're right." I was. They're right. I did just keep going. I, I acted like it wasn't even happening. <laughs> what What have you done differently to uh, appeal to those types of rooms? To, first of all, um, 
be yourself and do your normal act is what I find. Don't try and do jokes that you think would appeal to that crowd. You just do what you normally do. Right. So were you trying to do that for that show? For the first right. one that I did or that one? Were you bombed? Were you trying to do jokes that would appeal to that crowd? <laughs> I think so. I think I was like trying to, trying to be like, I'm cool. Look at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not cool <laughs> no you don't <laughs> yeah it was something like that it was it was something to that effect but i've had i had one recently and uh where it was a primarily black crowd and i raymond jackson uh, is it raymond jackson i think from from dayton introduced yeah. me and he goes all right white people it's your turn and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> And I, I luckily my like intro music was like the like whitest music that you could. I, <laughs> it was like crash test dummies or something. Like, oh, 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 oh. no, it was bad. Once this was I his comic who he was really. I got asked for walk up music. Like him. <laughs> I got asked for walk up music. <laughs> for one of those shows and I tried to pick the widest song I could and I ended up with R.E.M. Stand like <laughs> stand in the place where you work <laughs> oh my god I can't believe I did the exact same thing at the Liberty Funny Brother like what do you want for walk up mu- music I was like give me 16 tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford <laughs> <laughs> just railroad track music <laughs> Yeah, that's that's honestly, there's different clubs, and I always try to have something that I, my, my, tr- my actual, like, go-to is, uh, it's, it's such a bad name, it's uh, having an average weekend from shadowy men from a shadowy planet, and it's basically the intro to Kids in the Hall, so it's oh, like, okay. <laughs> it's just like a guitar riff, and it's perfect for yeah. walk-up music. Because if someone's like Canadian, especially, they're like, oh, I like this guy. He's Canadian, you know? <laughs> and then, but it is also the worst. Like when you're telling the, the sound guy, you're like, okay, here's the song. It's, uh, <laughs> here's 17 words. <laughs> you're not going to remember. Just have to tell order. him eight times. <laughs> <laughs> the shadowy what? <laughs> no, I'm not looking that up. Nope, you're going up to Stand by R.E.M. Stand, <laughs> R.E.M., very short, perfect. Uh, oh, man. Do you think, okay, that, that's an interesting thing that we haven't really covered on this show, is like, do you think that, uh, I mean, obviously the answer is more than likely yes, but like the wrong walk-up music can just ruin you and just automatically like, because if you're, if you're going up there to a song that people are immediately like, that's not him. That was, they, they played the wrong track. Like, you, the audience already doesn't believe you. You haven't even said anything yet. And they're already like, this guy's full of shit. That's why sometimes it's just good to say, like, uh, if you don't have something in mind that you, like, are comfortable with, I think just like, yeah, whatever you do, you know, because then they'll do what they generically do for whoever the comedians is like, I don't care, whatever. Right, you know? yeah. Sound guy's got like four generic tracks that he made himself on GarageBand. He's like, finally, it's my time. Here goes track number three. <laughs> Usually, if I get walk up music and it's like 
a rap song, I'll just be like, uh, oh, he knows my song. And that gets a laugh about half the time because I'm really white. <laughs> that's a good that's a good plan. Right yeah, there. dude. Lean into it. Just pivot. Yeah, fifty percent of the time it kinda works. <laughs> it is I think I mean obviously walk it sounds like something trivial, but your opener is huge. So right. it is a big part of and thank you I, I agree my opener is very good um <laughs> <laughs> your opener specifically is huge people people talk about it <laughs> but yeah man that those first the first five words that you say completely set every kind of a tone unless like we said you're, you're choosing the wrong ass walk-up music like it, it's so easy to bury yourself in in just the first 12 seconds that you're on stage Unless oh, you yeah. know oh, what yeah. you're doing. Do you? Do we know? Do we know what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. On this podcast. All <laughs> through experience and like, you know, trial and error, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you do, that, like, like some clubs don't do it at all, obviously. The, yeah. But then some clubs, I think, so at Liberty, the, the deal is if you're featuring or headliner, you get walk-up music. And if you're hosting, you just get like an intro and it's basically like, you know, funny bone favorite, something generic. It's not even like a credit. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just, this guy works here a lot. You guys all love him. He's probably served you drinks. Here's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> he works the fryer. We threw him a spot. Here you go. It's <laughs> We're only letting him do five minutes. Cause that's when the chicken timer goes off. Here's <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You can kind of talk during his set, and we won't throw you out. <laughs> we kind of encourage it. <laughs> Get it out of your system in the next 15 minutes, because it's not going to fly in the future. <laughs> you need to go to the bathroom. You've been sitting there for a half hour drinking your bucket of beer. Now's the time to go. <laughs> I remember one time I was in Bloomington, Indiana, and the uh, it was when I was doing... Before Cam was doing the uh, pro am and the host booking, I was yeah. I was doing the pro am show and I oh, booked all right. the hosts. Yeah. And uh, someone in Bloomington, this she's like, oh, I come to Go Bananas a lot on Sundays. You guys have great. You have a lot of my favorite comedians. But the thing I hate is the host always sucks. <laughs> talking to the right person because I book those people. <laughs> <laughs> that you just said and they're all my friends yeah basically yeah i i hate going there because all your friends are not funny <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's kind of a running joke you mentioned cam and one of the things he says about hosts is like yeah that first guy wasn't funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the joke you take the bullet and yeah the, man. yeah Oh, you really do, and and you know, getting getting that like once once you've done the few feature spots and you're in that cushy little the feature spots the easiest. It's easier than the headliner because you don't have to deal with the check drop. You don't have to deal with right. time. Cons your time could be 15 minutes. It could be 35 minutes. It's, yeah, it's it changes. It's it's going to be easy no matter what it is. You could do 45 minutes in that spot and be simple. Whereas at the end, it's a little bit 
harder of a spot because you're dealing with the crowd maybe on a second show that's been up for a long time yeah. or they're getting they're getting to the point where they pay their bills or they're drunk or they're getting to where they're like not as invested in the show anymore and they're like oh you say hence i'm walking out of here you know like, <laughs> but first i'm gonna give my manifesto <laughs> my manifesto while i'm being escorted out <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the check drop i was at a show recently in dayton and it, this is a bombing show so it didn't go well but <laughs> the checks come out and this guy's like oh are we doing checks uh i know it's dayton so i'll give you guys a little time to do math <laughs> And he recovered, but... <laughs> oh, man. We used to have a thing. So when I started, this was 17 years ago, long time, back in the olden days with the, with the covered wagons. But there, uh, there was someone that worked the door, another comic worked the door all the time, always at the shows. I'm at the shows. And then he said about the headliner, he goes, ah, this is a who ordered tax guy. I hate the who ordered tax guys. So there's like a whole subset of comedians that whenever the check drop would come out, they'd have that that line, that like hacky line that was like, hey, who ordered tax, right? <laughs> Man. Oh my God. And I remember after he said that, it was like, I just kept hearing everybody say, who ordered tax? And I'm like, man, but that was, that, that was like, yeah, 10, 15 years ago. That, I don't hear anybody do that joke anymore. It's- no. It's time to bring it back. <laughs> I was thinking, I'll just get a, a box of Total cereal, and I'll be like, "Who ordered Total?" and I'll hold it. <laughs> Next level. But the first guy to do that joke must have just murdered. That was a genius. <laughs> oh gosh, I'll be selling boxes of Total after the show. <laughs> Two. The, the fiber guy, I know him. <laughs> the fiber guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, the fiber. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> all right, so you you've been around. You've been to a lot of shows. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen all kinds of comedians. What is the weirdest piece of merch that you've ever seen somebody hawking at a comedy show? Oh, the weirdest was when a guy was selling flaming wallets and that I'm sorry. Describe whatever in the hell that Wait. is. <laughs> flaming wallet. Are you talking it's about a the wallet? You open, you open it. it up and it's got fire. like a lighter, like a lighter in it, and it would catch on fire. So he had a whole joke about it. He's like, You get mugged, you know, and you just open this thing up, boom, you know, you're not <laughs> right. Uh, I have one of those. <laughs> no lie. No lie. We we went on a family vacation and I was real into magic at the time. Yeah, and you I were. got it. And I told my I was like ten. And I told my family, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring this out long after everyone has forgotten that I bought it. And then my sister reminds me every couple of years. But it's been like five years and I still have it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a it's like his sales pitch for it was so funny and good. It's like a joke that you don't it, even if he wasn't selling flaming wallets, he'd want to do it. Just really? To do the joke, yeah. It was and then this same comic, I worked with him and he didn't have anything to sell. And this was he had quit doing the wallets years ago 
And he's like, let's go to a dollar store. Let's go to a dollar store. I'm going to go, I'm going to find something. I'll buy like 20 of them and I'll make a joke about it and I'll sell it for 10 bucks a piece. I'll buy it for a dollar and I'll go. And he, he bought home drug tests. <laughs> made a joke about him and was selling them that night for $10 a piece. Just like he said he was. <laughs> oh my God. That's genius. That's an improv, that, yeah, like an improv merch move where he's like, oh, I don't have anything. I'm out of t-shirts or whatever. I got to go. Uh, let's go make something up. I mean, if you sell three of them, you just won. Like, <laughs> like if you can convince three people to be like, yeah, this home drug test, not only is it a great gift for mom, it's practical. <laughs> <laughs> you like coming up at work? Get a pre-test. <laughs> Yeah, study for it. Study. It's a study guide. Yeah. You could you could do like Dan Alton and just get a suitcase full of thrift store crap and yeah. then pedal that after the show. It's like a, it's like a Goodwill on wheels. Or yeah, he's wheel. got like yeah. VHSs of Free Willy. <laughs> oh, that's uh I I had a joke about that reminded me of this joke I told about my sister bought me the movie Anger Management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she, the next uh, the next Christmas, she bought me the movie Anger Management by Adams. <laughs> 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 and she's like, yeah, I don't think you watched it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then I had two copies of DVD of Anger Management because it was a true story, too. And say that I'm selling these DVDs of Anger Management after the show. But I never sell them because I, I couldn't do the joke and have the prop there. Right. Exactly. That's so good. Uh, one time I used to sell Mike Cody's album after my after my set and i would say uh i i got a cd for sale i'd act like it's why i was like i got a cd for sale none of the jokes were the um, and i say it's not mine it's good i'll back this stuff up he's really good. go see him yeah mike cody cds and mike cody literally gave me a bunch to do it and it was working and then he like shipped me more cds <laughs> Keep going. let's do it and i yeah. like i still have like yeah seven or eight left from when i was doing when I did that. so honestly you're selling more than i am so <laughs> oh and the, also so i've been doing comedy a long time seen a lot of merch sold a lot of merch had a t-shirt and then i got rid of the t-shirt and i wasn't selling any merch for a long time because I felt like it was damaging my set, like my set was becoming too much dependent on that merch or whatever. Yeah. Standing after the show and like just you, when you don't sell anything, you're like, oh, I don't have to go out there. I don't even have to. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> That's kind of nice. I like that. I, I never have to see these people again. <laughs> <laughs> Some nights, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, we're definitely not going out there. Even though I told them I have a t shirt, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> that's a good indicator of a bomb right there. But it's nice, it was nice to have that period where I was, was it, I wasn't doing, I wasn't selling any merch. But then I had my daughter and I realized basically the merch thing is people want to tip you after the show right. that's all they really want to do they'll take any yeah. dumb thing that you're selling them and that's what 
that's what that comic was telling me when he's like, oh, I, I got to sell something because people are just going to want to give me money. You know, like if you stand out there. Right. Trump supporter give me $100 in Duluth, Minnesota, and I made Trump jokes the whole time. It was right after. He- yeah, really? I was making fun of Trump and they came up to me. It was kind of their way of showing me, like, we're doing better than you think we are. <laughs> <laughs> You're making your little jokes. Here's a hundred. I, I see. I saw it as like a like a come together like a hey it's politics but it's not different <laughs> but <laughs> it was like no we we make money <laughs> you're obviously poor and I'm literally like you just doubled my salary for this delusion <laughs> I'm, I think it was I think I literally got 150 for the show and 100 from that person so but sometimes it can be like that merch merchandise can add to your week uh obviously things are different uh after covid because some like funny bone doesn't even have meet and greets or any type of right could sell merch yeah right unless you unless you had something that was very sanitized but i i did uh i did shows at crackers comedy club in indianapolis and then shows in skyline in appleton both of those were indoors space mask and uh i sold I sold stuff after each one of those shows and I sold a bunch of stuff and people would just, if they have a phone or they have a card, I just slide it on the square and I don't, no one's signing anything. I just touch their card and you know, you don't have to do a QVC, but I did have some people, uh, they would like, I prefer to Venmo you because I just, there's no touch that way. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah, that works. Absolutely. Yeah, I got PayPal too or whatever, you know, but, uh, I will download an app that I don't have, you know, if you want to <laughs> give me money, it takes 12 Appleton, seconds. Here's here's a merch uh, here's a merch idea that I had. I sold gold uh, or Crown Royale masks. So I I basically <laughs> that's right. I had a mask that was a Crown Royale mask, and uh, I went to the club in Indianapolis, and the manager was like, "Oh my gosh, I keep all my Crown Royale bags." And she had forty four bags. She's oh like, my you want god! All these? Jackpot! Yes, I can. <laughs> you could sell these for like twenty bucks a piece. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I I did. I so I think I have two left. <laughs> I have the one that I was wearing, and then a one. But uh, it was my mother-in-law that made them all. She she uh, she sewed them all together, and I gave her ten dollars. I basically paid her. I think she made me thirteen. I gave her one hundred and thirty dollars right when she gave them to me. I was like, yeah. here's half the money, right? Because you just did all the work. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know I can sell these dumb things. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure tell me when you get more because I saw that. I'm like, oh, I need one of those. <laughs> yeah, the, the last show that I did was at this little bar in Kentucky that had just opened up. And one of the dudes, he didn't come to the show, but he was at the bar. And he, he was walking through and he had the crown moral mask on. And I was just like, hey, where did you get that? And he was like, what are you talking about? I drink. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So, all right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that was kind of my pitch, too, was like, these each cost me $25 to, uh, to get in the first right, place. Right, right. But I'm like, you don't get the bottle with it. <laughs> I keep that part. That part. Uh, I do have one left, Luke, that's still in the plastic, so... You 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 got it for you twenty dollars. It's yours. It's yours. <laughs> Look out for your Venmo. <laughs> Look out! Oh, great. It's uh, yeah. No, it's in my car. So whenever whenever you, I, I see you next. I, yeah, I'm I'm sure if the pro am keeps going on Wednesdays, if you'll be out there. 
Well, they cancel. I showed up last Wednesday, and I like even if the pro am's not going on, I feel safe in the outdoor kind of space at yeah bananas. Yeah, for sure. And last week they 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 called it off because they put walls on the tent. So right. basically, Lee was he had a good point. He's like, it's basically like inside now. So. That's kind of weird, and we didn't know that. Okay, that I saw that it got canceled. I just thought it was because the cases were high, but well, that yeah, that yeah, the play. They're just being more cautious and better to better to not be. I think I I had my album release party was indoors at, at Communion, and I was like, why am I doing this? This could be a spreader event. Yeah. Who's? It's not Communion that's going to get blamed. It's Gabe Key's CD yeah, release yeah. party. Your name and face is on that. Exactly, and I was really worried about, and I was, I was worried about. Uh, I just, I'm trying to book a bunch of comedians that, like, especially the older guys like Bunyan and stuff that, that's been around. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good idea, and obviously, a, a lot of people canceled too, uh, right. which is good. Yeah, yeah. Which I expected to happen, and it kind of worked out for the best. Yeah, I'll have like shows to invite people out to and then I, I do an open mic and so far it's outside but there's always that like you want to promote it but also you feel a little guilty it's like it's like stay inside for sure if you want to <laughs> but if you're outside anyway <laughs> but if you're the dangerous person that's going everywhere come to this show <laughs> <laughs> if you're wild if you want to get wild <laughs> Yeah. Are you the neighbor that throws COVID parties? Yeah, you've got a bunch of cars out in front of your house. Come to our show. I'm yeah. really, really bad at promoting shows. So, like, this has been a relief. Takes all the pressure off. It's like, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to promote it for for safety reasons. It has nothing to do with laziness and apathy at all. Yeah, at even all. before COVID, I wasn't posting on Facebook. So, just <laughs> just for safety purposes and health reasons. I said to somebody, I was talking about promoting shows, and I was like. I'm talking about Mark Shalafu being like the goat. He's like the greatest of all time promoting shows. He's, his promotions are always so funny, and he gets the info out there. Like, he just does such a good job. Yeah. Even when he was like, I think, yeah, he, he said something about my album, and it was just like, not, it was like, Gabe's been honing these jokes for three decades of doing <laughs> I was like, oh, Shalafu does it again. <laughs> so funny. That, that, uh, that was very surreal, having, uh, having a, a lot of people say nice things about me and my album. And then, yeah. and then also, I, said, I, I noticed some themes uh, when people were writing long things. About, I, I, it turns out that I'm a mentor. And <laughs> yeah. I also talk a lot of shit when I'm on road trips with people. Like, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good mentor there. <laughs> You're like the comedy older brother for a lot of these <laughs> You're mentoring people to bully the younger generation. That's what we need. <laughs> oh, God. I think about... I think about that stuff seriously because sometimes I can I, I can be I can be bully bullyish and uh, not even know what I'm doing. But um, when I started out, it was a lot of that, and maybe it's it's the same thing of like when you're 
going through hazing and then you haze and you don't even know you're doing it, yep. you know, because you, it was right. done or something. And you're like, no, that's normal. You just got to get used to people making fun of everything. Right, you right. And really, it's mostly you're giving someone attention, which is, in your mind, a good thing, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And let's say really f*** up, then you're like, uh, f*** this person in particular. <laughs> oh, man. I, so, one thing that I, and this is, <laughs> this is from the album release party, and I had Shankweiler on it because Shankweiler's done so much for me, graphic design-wise. Yeah. And when I was introing him, I said that, I and then that. I was like, and then I'm like, and now he's going to try stand-up comedy. And it was like the... <laughs> <laughs> I've got this guy here because of this. And now let's see what he can do with stand-up. And I was like, oh, man, that was so poorly worded. <laughs> Just the first the completely unintentional but hilarious dig. And then I went up to Shockweiler and I was like, hey, man, I did not. And he's like, no, I thought it was funny. It was good. And then there's... There's someone from the audience that doesn't know either of us who's like, no, man, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You just made it worse. (laughs) But I I was also, uh, I was asking people to make fun of, or do one of my jokes and make fun of me a little bit. So I was maybe setting up like a little roasty type of atmosphere. A little bit. Into the air. Yeah. Erica did did go to your album release party so um if i get covid thank you uh but she said (laughs) she said that your wife went up and did your jokes and roasted you oh my gosh yes i wish i could have been there for that (laughs) that that was so much fun because first of all she crushed she did the joke better than me and she changed it and made it better it was (laughs) amazing (laughs) It's the joke about, and it's a joke about her not giving blowjobs, so it's even funny. Oh she my did god! That one, I know that joke. Destroyed. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. This is, and she doesn't. She's never done comedy before, and then so she's like, oh, she was like riding this high. She got off stage, and everybody's like, yeah, how's that feel, huh? That's why we do this. Now you kind of get it. Do this stuff. <laughs> literally she came home that night and it, it's live streamed on chameleon's website i think you might still be able to go back yeah, and watch yeah. it I, I i would advise you know just fast forwarding to abby's set don't watch everybody else no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but watch abby's set and uh she watched her set four times that four times <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you learned how to put YouTube up on the on the big screen, I see. <laughs> Fast forward three years, you're opening for Abby. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come she full me a message circle. The next day. She's like, did anyone call? And I'm did like, what are you talking about? She's like, to book <laughs> joke about me was like she's like well my favorite joke of Gabe's it's it's more of a chant it's women aren't funny women aren't funny and then I'm thinking like well Anna's the only woman on this show like look at yourself Gabe (laughs) (laughs) she has a point (laughs) she starts making fun of well 
I'm glad that uh, that the gay was allowed his wife to come out of the house tonight, so she <laughs> do some of his material. It's so oh, it was so good and so funny. She she absolutely destroyed me because I literally was like, oh, I was feeling it like real. I was like, she's right. I do say that, and I'm like, no, nothing. In that's so I've amazing. never been like women aren't funny. That's so. Funny. <laughs> no, you're one of the most supportive people in the scene, <laughs> which makes it even funnier that there was one woman on your show. <laughs> well, there there were more. There were there were more, but they uh, did back out due to COVID too. So let's put that out there. Disclaimer: Don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, no, and I didn't, I honestly, I didn't put anybody on the show, uh, other than, you know, for reasons of like, like Clinton Jacob did the sound for the album. It was like, everybody had some sort of connection. Even John Holmes, I told him, I was like, can I tell him you work at Cincy Shirts? And he's like, no, Gabe, don't don't tell him where I work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's part of the theme of the show. Okay, fine, I won't. And then he brought it up on stage anyway. I was like, it up and now you're bringing it up great <laughs> but it is good it was good to get a little roast like that too like if you're i don't know is it's it's fine that's what I, that's what it was all about is it, it was kind of weird too having people uh or just the act of asking people to hey will you come that. talk about me <laughs> yeah come talk about me. and then that be like who got the best reaction were people making fun of that aspect right. of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you like me, right? <laughs> Come tell people that you do. <laughs> I, I need to sell an album. <laughs> oh my god. Gabe, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can yes. people find thank your you, album? Thank you guys man? for having me. It has been so much fun. Hell yeah. Where can people I, find you? I, uh, yeah, plug plug my album, uh, Gabe Kia on everything, Abe Lincoln t-shirt on Instagram. Uh Dumber Than a Fish. It's available on my website, which if you Google Gabe Kia, it should be the first thing that comes up. Ooh, top billing, Yes, baby. it's it's fantastic. I've listened to it all the way through. It's great. Oh, you've only listened to it's, it once, uh, Yeah, Luke? you can stream You're it a bad friend. <laughs> Just the once. You're a bad friend. <laughs> the once. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it still, but you only need to hear it once, really. <laughs> I bought it just to make sure someone bought it. Like, I even, <laughs> just giving money to the record label. <laughs> oh man! But no, thanks so much for having me on, and it's uh, it's it's been a great it's been a great experience. The, the promotion and all that stuff, all the stuff that I hate that we hate as comedians, yeah. can sometimes feel good when uh, when you do have have something that that takes years to get to. It takes years yeah. to to get to that point and. It's important to know that I had, I recorded an album like years ago. Mike Merrifield recorded me. We were working a week together in like uh, right. Nebraska or something, and he recorded all my shows. And we were gonna like make an album out of that. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready. I don't think that's what I want to put out for myself. So right, right. perfect. And uh, obviously, can't couldn't have done it without uh, without all the Cincinnati comedians. And I think I've got. Oh, it's right here. I got a list of. Um, this is what I took on stage. <laughs> oh my god! Bro. For the listeners, Gabe is holding a page completely covered in names, uh, from top to bottom. <laughs> anybody that's done 
stand-up comedy in Cincinnati. And uh, I think you both are on the back here. Uh, oh, no. we're on the back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> Just... It's dangerous to make those. I was t I was, it was kind of a joke with someone about, like, you don't want to thank everyone because you're always going to forget someone. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Chris Weir was someone that I did not write on this list. And then I'm like, <laughs> wheeze him in up here. <laughs> I think it's because I put Chris Seamer and then I thought, I was like, I got weird, or, you know. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Got my Chris's covered. <laughs> yeah, the Chris's are done. Sorry. I, I think he, like, walked into the green room and I had this list and I, like, saw him and I was like, oh, no. Oh, boy. Just, just frantically <laughs> scribbling. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, it's, uh, that, those people, everybody in this community is so great, and I uh, really am thankful to be here and to be around it. And um, that's what I said at the end of the, the – Erica said something. that She actually made a nice tweet about what I was saying about a lot of people feel you have to move to this city or go to Chicago, then go to New York to right, or go yeah. to L.A., you know? Like, I'm like, it's possible to do comedy from anywhere, and if, you know – Putting out an album, it could be just as big as getting a special from, you know, from from a TV station that, that really wants, or like, a, it's it's not. It's not compared to <laughs> It's but not. The it, album. got to want you a little bit more. Anyway. <laughs> The album is good. I'm I'm looking at it to take off because you made the right move by be, being way way overdue for recording an album. Right. It's like 17 years in and everything's so polished. It's fantastic. Thank you, Luke, very much. And that's what that's what Jeff told me. Jeff Tate, who's got like four albums out, he came and watched me record that week, and then he brought his mom back on Sunday night, and I was like, that was a big like eye opener of like, wow. whoa. And Jeff was, Jeff was just like, you did it the right way by doing it this way, I think, you know. And and I'm like, I don't know that, but thank you, Jeff. That's so good to hear from someone that I, you know, respect and appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Holy and uh, yeah, anyway, that was the longest thank you. And uh, <laughs> seriously. And now you're going to read those names. Let's go. <laughs> I did post all the things on my Facebook back in January. And uh, and I kept going back onto it and adding in names because right. I was like, and oh, yeah, I tried to do everybody that I could think of from just did one open mic to. Uh, I think Britain Denny came back around. And I was like, "Oh, Britain! I forgot about him." <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, they pop back up, and you're like, and then I'm like, "And Max Soloway, your name is not on this list. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get on this list." Look, I'm making a point of including everyone, so your exclusion hurts especially. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the there's the KP mentor that we know and love. <laughs> Dementor. He's the Dementor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to wrap it up there. Much love. It's great to hear from you. Absolutely. And yeah. I'll, I'll see you soon to pick up my mask. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Lawrence. Hey. Thanks, Luke. Yeah. Thank you. See you guys. Take care.